0: This is Connor Peters, and you're listening to another episode of Script. Thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, in today's episode, I have Brendan on and Nathaniel on again. Um, and we talk about the top 10 best Harry Potter characters as voted by uh, you, the audience. So thank you guys so much for sending your votes in. Honestly, I ended up with about 50 or 60 votes. Um, so a lot of people participated, and thank you guys so much for that. Uh, made things a lot more fun for us. Uh, but On today's episode, we're going to talk about Who ended up finishing one through 10, and then breaking down why we think each character landed where they did on the rankings. Then we just talk about our favorite scenes from the movies, favorite scenes from the books, and why we like the characters that we had on there. So thank you guys so much once again, and please enjoy and rate and review. Thanks.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Off Script. So we're on a bit of a Harry Potter kick recently. And so we did Crimes of Grindelwald in our last episode, and how we hated the movie a lot. So today we're going to be going over everyone's submitted list of their top ten Harry Potter characters of all time. I'm here with Connor, as usual. Hello! And Nathaniel, my two Harry Potter experts. You're
0: a wizard, Harry! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was nice. Uh, But yeah, so thanks thanks everybody for sending us lists, um, mainly... Co-workers, friends, I appreciate it. Uh, we got like 60-plus lists. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, we're excited to dive right on in. Uh, we did the calculations. We do have a top 10 list. And we are not giving away any participation trophies today. So, but not honor of giving away participation trophies, uh, Nathaniel, we did come up with a few honorable mentions we wanted to go start with beforehand. Yeah.
2: So one of the honorable mentions is we kind of put them together as two,
0: I mean one, but Fred and George Weasley. Congratulations, George! You are still living. Fred, you died. So, <laughs> yeah, not 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 a good luck for my boyfriend. <laughs> so
1: poor kid never had a chance. Actually, he totally had a chance.
0: Totally. Am I talking about? Speaking of another person, he um,
1: died in combat. Yeah. If this was if, like if this was the Norse system of gods, he would be in heaven instantly. Valhalla. Yes, Valhalla.
0: Yeah. Congrats. He's Congratulations, Valhalla George. Now. Fred, <laughs> Fred, Fred, sorry, Fred. <laughs> Congratulations, Fred. George just doesn't have an ear. So, yeah. Can, <laughs> in, the, in the future, his wife's talking to him and he uses that as a good excuse, though. Yeah. I like it.
1: Huh? So, that's the reason huh? we put him on a real mention. No, totally yeah. not.
0: Um, yeah, it's not. But, in all, <laughs> in all fairness with Fred and George, um, Nathaniel, I think we both agree, Like they bring so much comedic energy to the books, especially. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the movies, too, I suppose. But uh, a lot of people had him on their list. They just didn't make top 10, but great job, great effort on their part. Do they, was
1: it 10A and 10B? Who would you rank ahead of who? Fred I, or George? Better. The, was it Fred because he died in combat, or <laughs> we've
0: had this discussion? <laughs> I, I guess Fred because he did die. Yes.
1: Okay, that's good. He deserves but, to be 10A. Yeah, sure. Or 11A.
0: That's a good point. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, another honorable mention. Dobby. Dobby the hell self. He's our yeah, favorite.
1: I, I'm just gonna. I'll have you know that. So they asked me to make a list. I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I purposely made a stupid list, and I put Dobby at number four, and I was really hoping that they would uh, take mine into consideration.
0: Yeah, we were debating it, um, but we threw his list out similar to, shout out to my friend Chris. Uh, Chris from work! Yeah. Um, <laughs> he had Gildory Lockhart number one on his list, so in similar fashion, I just threw his out as well. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh appreciate your listen. But yeah, so Dobby was uh, another honorable mention. A lot of people have him on there because he's really fun, has a squeaky voice. Uh, but if you watch the movies, he's in two movies. And if you read the books, he's in five books? Yeah. Maybe? He's, maybe not, five. he's not in one, he's not in three. So yeah, he's in... Because he gives Harry the gillyweed. He's, he's pretty instrumental, actually, in the books. But point is, Dobby, great character, just didn't make the cut.
1: He did all for Harry Potter. Harry Potter would be so proud of Dobby. Dobby hasn't slept in three days.
0: <laughs> oh, We we have a lot of Dobby voices around here. So, thanks for that. Um, we have two more honorable mentions. Uh, Ron. Uh, Nathaniel, you want to talk a little bit about Ron? Ron.
2: The sort of lesser of the big three characters, I used to say. Harry, Ron, Hermione. Yeah. We all love him, though. He's kind of dumb. Probably should have been sorting in Hufflepuff, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he tries to fit in, and he does his best. And somehow he ends up with Hermione. I don't
0: know. How that, he, I don't he know. Tra- yeah, he tried really hard. The problem is in the books, Emma Watson is not Hermione. Yeah. Like, book Hermione is not <laughs> I, that I attractive. I imagine Hermione's
1: being significantly less attractive in the yeah. books.
0: Like, when you start watching the movies. She's movie like a British girl, like, right? like a told Actually, girl Brit. We'll jump Brit. We'll jump to that later. Yeah, we'll get, th- we'll get to Hermione. We'll get to her later. Um, and last one, uh, McGonagall made a lot of lists. So, great job. Most of the people that liked McGonagall liked her in the books. Because uh, in the books, she plays a bigger role. Where movies, she's she's a, not aggressive, I guess. She's very loyal, but doesn't really have as big of an impact on Harry and Co.'s life. So, anyway.
1: Alright, so this is the grand list here. This is all cumulatively of all the lists. We kind of averaged them up a little bit. Kind of put them where we thought would be best for them. And this is the list that we came up with. So at number 10 is Draco Malfoy. I
0: bet you loved that, didn't you, Potter? Famous Harry Potter. Can't even go to a bookshop without making the front page. Leave him alone. Oh, look, Potter, you've got yourself a girlfriend.
1: now, Draco, play nicely. So Nathaniel, my question for you would be, why uh, is Draco Malfoy a compelling character, and why is he on the list? I think Draco Malfoy is a
2: compelling character because he's a real antagonist, like at Hogwarts mainly. Like in the first three books, we don't really see Voldemort much. He's that kind of person there. that's always nagging Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Connor, your thoughts?
0: Oh uh, yeah, agreed. And then, not not only is he prominent in the first three books, like you said, because he's essentially just the school bully for that time period, but he really makes himself. Uh, I guess a more compelling character by the 6th and 7th books uh, where he actually all of a sudden has to kind of eat the words that he's been saying for the past 5 years. Yep. Yeah, and Now he actually has to go out and commit a real crime. Yes. And uh, Yeah, I think that's probably the reason why people picked him on this uh, or put him on the, so many lists.
1: Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. I mean, from for a complete movie perspective, I haven't read the books, so from a complete movie perspective, he really just is like really annoying Like, to be honest, especially on screen, he's just super annoying. So I was kind of want to go on the uh, train of, like, if you could describe Draco in three words, how would you describe him?
0: Well, uh, let's go with cunning. Nathaniel, you want to take the next one? Uh, Ambitious. And then together, Slytherin! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my three actual words would be bully... Um, then he goes, then he becomes, um, I wouldn't say, re- he's not redeemable, mm-hmm. but you still kind of end up hating him even at the end. Know, he's a bit angst ridden. Yeah. Yeah. And in over his head would be another kind of phrase I'd use.
1: Mm. Um, All right. Mithena,
0: yeah. would you pick any anything else there, Dad? Yeah, definitely just talking about like typical Slytherin traits
2: kind of ambitious and we see a lot of that in the first movies just like trying to be trying to prove people wrong and trying to prove himself right and but as we see like in the later books he's definitely becoming more like a developing character like Connor was saying like he actually finds out that he has to do something wrong for the first time in his life like He always jokes about it in the beginning books and movies, but he actually has to do something real now.
0: Right. The whole time in the stories, he desperately wants to be a Death Eater. I mean, that's his ambition. He's excited in the fifth book when Voldemort's back. He thinks they're taking over. And then his dad fails at the ministry. Um, And we will be talking about the ministry, battle of the ministry later. But he fails at the ministry, and then Voldemort gives him a task of, oh, you have to kill Dumbledore or else I'm killing you. Mm-hmm. And that's when his character shifts and everything is very real for him now. This isn't, this is adult, he's an adult. like you, He doesn't understand the world he's getting himself into until that sixth book when it's, he stops playing Quidditch, he doesn't really focus in class, he's obsessed with all, trying to carry out the task, because he knows if it doesn't work out, it means doom for him and his mom. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot. So, another thing is we're going to talk about for every character is our favorite moment, or Connor Nathaniel's favorite moments for each of the characters. Brendan, we can
0: ask yours too. Well, all right, well, I mean, we might ask All three of
1: us, But (laughs) um, So, I'm going to start with Connor here. What is your favorite moment for Draco in the books or the movies?
0: Um, My father will hear about this. (laughs) Uh, Let me. Actually, that's a pretty good one. I like. the scene in the fourth movie where he says, uh, "My father and I have a bet, you see." <laughs> I, uh, he doesn't. He or he's like I don't think you're gonna last ten minutes. He disagrees. <laughs> he doesn't think you'll last five. <laughs> and then he gets uh, turned into a ferret because he tries to pull his wand on Harry. And yeah. I just think it's hilarious because he gets shoved down like crab's pants, <laughs> and uh, he gets pulled out, and he, he tears all the oh shelf and he gosh. runs away. So. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite, like, movie scene. Uh, But yeah, Nathaniel, anything in particular?
2: Yeah, so my favorite uh, book-slash-movie scene is probably the dueling club scene between Malfoy and Harry in the second book-slash-movie. I think this is really my favorite because just, like... Well, not only is it where we find out that Harry's parcel Parseltongue, but we also find out, like, Draco... This is, like, where we see more of Draco's, like, ambitious side and, like, cunning side because, like, he's always, like messing with Harry and stuff, not doing anything really serious. And then, like, he straight out, like, pulls, like, a snake out of his wand at this point. like
0: Oh, okay, yeah, completely toying with him. Yeah. Yeah. Another one uh, I will also just, the third well, honorable mention for me, at least, is the uh, Astronomy Tower scene. Mm-hmm. And the sixth movie, I think, does a good job showing his, he's pretty emotional. But in the book especially, that's uh, Astronomy Tower scene's really, really well done where he's lowering his wand, essentially, for Dumbledore. And then the Death Eaters show up and he has to put a brave face back on when he was breaking down uh, in front of Dumbledore in, in the books, at least. So,
1: All right. So that's pretty good. So let's go to number nine, which, if I look at the list here, is good old Hagrid. Excuse me. Who are you? Rubius Hagrid, keeper of keys and grains at Hogwarts. Of course, you'll know all about Hogwarts. Sorry, no. No? Blimey, Harry, didn't you ever wonder where your mum and dad learned it all? Learned what? You're a wizard, Harry. Hagrid, Hagrid, Hagrid. Why is Hagrid on the list?
0: Um, Hagrid... Hagrid makes a lot of really bad decisions in -hmm. these movies, but he's the lovable oaf that everyone can get behind. Um, my favorite example in the books was with Grop. He introduces him to a half giant. So Grop's, what, 12, 15 feet tall? Figure probably. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to get sacked by Umbridge pretty soon, which plot twist he is. And he basically asks Ron, or Ron, Harry, and Hermione to watch over Grop and to help teach him English. Yeah. And Hermione in the book says, why must he always be so difficult? <laughs> <laughs> and that sums up Hagrid pretty well to me. Nathaniel, what do you think, bud?
2: Yeah, I think it's just a ton of the interesting stuff we see Hagrid do. And, of course, like another example of Hagrid doing stupid stuff is also Norbert, or we later learn out Norbert, Norbert, Nor- Norberta? Norberta, yeah. Norberta, yeah. It's
0: so basically, a girl dragon. <laughs> yeah.
2: So basically, Hagrid... First of all, he makes a mistake of like having his dragon at all, but then makes the mistake of
0: having showing a it to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And it's also in a wooden house. Yeah, that
2: yeah. <laughs> what it's could lit- go wrong with that? <laughs> in the movies, we see it's literally blowing fire in the wooden house, so yeah. that that's safe.
0: Right, and uh, in the so also in the movies and books, Hagrid can't tell keep a secret to save his life. To the point where, even in the seventh one, um, when they're trying to figure out who may have run their mouth and told mm-hmm. the plan, right? When it turns out it was Snape the whole time. Harry looks over at Hagrid, who's drinking and, like, hiccuping. Because from the first movie, Hagrid tells him about Fluffy really easily. He talks to Voldemort and gets a dragon egg from, from him after telling him about Fluffy. And he also uh, tells Ron and Harry to follow the spiders, which he forgets to tell him are a bunch of murdering psychopaths right. willing yeah. to kill him.
1: Yeah, like, th- that's totally what I think about Haggard. Like, Haggard going like, oh, someone told you that. Like, yeah, like and, just, <laughs> and just being, like, really goofy. Like, he, like, just totally slipped it. And it just there's no filter, like, from his brain to his mouth. it Just everything comes out the front. And it's not in, like, a bad way of, like, it's just, like, like, bah, it's kind of, like, he's not, like, he talks a lot. It's just, like, when he does talk, it's usually just, like, the stuff that is, you're not supposed to say out loud. To, like, especially <laughs> to the children that you, like, work for a, a school. It's just really funny, so.
0: Um, but we can all agree he has some positive traits. Oh, yeah.
2: For, like, so we see early in the books, Hagrid's this lovable oaf. But as we go later on into the books... He does some pretty cool stuff, uh, as we see in the seventh book. Um, he delivers Harry uh, back to Ted Tonks, his house, uh, in the Seven Potters yeah, trip. And-, and basically, like they're getting chased by a ton of Death Eaters, and he's able to like fight some of them off yeah. and attack some of them while driving a flying motorcycle, co- motorcycle with yeah. a side guard. So, that's pretty impressive.
0: He also, he means really, really well. So, I love the scene in the movies, especially uh, with Buckbeak, yeah. where he helps Harry, like, get get on, you know, ride Buckbeak, Buckbeak introduces him to him. Um, he does a good job teaching the class there. That's
1: another thing that you just probably shouldn't show to children. I mean, I don't...
0: Well, that's not even that bad. See, in the book, in the fourth book, he... And, like, I don't know what they are, but... He has the kids try to breed yeah. blast ended scroots, right. which light kids on fire.
1: Yeah, it's it's just a, a whole just comedy of errors at, at this point, and it's like in, it's like in the third movie and the third book where they have to go, you know, like do the whole time travel thing yep. pretty much, and go back and like save Buckbeak, um, and just do all that goofy stuff. But Hagrid and D- on D- well, kind of Hagrid, but mostly Dumbledore who kind of helped them, you know, do the whole thing, but. Hagrid was um, helpful in that too, so he has a lot of uh, positive traits there.
0: Brendan, you are a you are just a movie person. My goodness, good effort. Totally movie person. That was a good try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I, I warned you. I, I warned you. You did warn us, and that's fair. But and you yeah, said I could participate. I I want uh... you to participate. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, one of my favorite book scenes with Hagrid is uh, they go Umbridge is trying to sack him in the middle of the night during the owl exams, and. Basically, they go and attack him in his house with Fang, and he fights off some ministry people. It was like getting hit with curse has been like fighting him back, right? And McGonagall comes out and basically yells at the ministry people saying, how dare you go and attack him? And they go and hit her with a bunch of spells. And I feel like Hagrid's super loyal to her, the Order, and Dumbledore because he goes and then with the people that hit her, he goes and punches them and knocks them out cold on the ground. And same thing with Dumbledore. Like the Dursleys make fun of Dumbledore, and he gives Dudley a pigtail. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite uh, Dumbledore moments. There, it's just like, well, I'm just gonna use magic in front of these humans now because I can. Boom, pigtail. Yeah, with and Hagrid. He's like, yeah. yeah, and he's <laughs> like, "You're not supposed to do that, man." It's really funny.
0: And then, uh, and then at the end of the first book, and even the second, well, movies. First in the first movies and first book, uh, second movie, where Hagrid's there, and uh, he gives Harry the photo album. And then mm. he comes back from Azkaban, from some ruddy bird named Errol. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the whole uh, Great Hall's clapping for him. So, great character. I see why a lot of people put him on there. Because, I mean, truth be told, he's one of the biggest characters in the, in the early books and the early movies. Um, and his character develops over time, but not as much probably as some of the characters we're going to get to. So, All
1: right, so number eight. Right we eight. haven't
0: we haven't even gone over well, we've gone over a lot of scenes. But we didn't go over True. favorite scenes. Oh,
2: you're right. My bad. I think we already went over a scene with uh the pigtail. And Dudley,
0: is that your favorite?
1: that's, no. probably, that's probably my. Favorite. That was your favorite. My, that's kind of my favorite too. I okay,
0: um, I do. We just ran the clip, but I like the Euro Wizard Harry. Yeah. Um,
1: so like the same exact scene where all it's going yeah. uh, book one, where he's, and where he's like, "Oh, yeah.
0: sorry about that," yeah. and puts the door back on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like that's like the first thing he ever says in the movie. Yeah. Like, knock Knocks something over. It's very. That's a very proper way to.
0: And then in him. the uh, seventh book, last sorry, last bit. So in the seventh book, I do really like. Um, where Harry, he's carrying Harry back at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the book, it's described as, like, his tears are hitting Harry's face, and Harry's trying hard not to move. And you can just imagine, because Hagrid, he cares so much about the kids. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he genuinely, like, he loves them, he wants to protect them, and there's a lot of emotion that he shares throughout the book. So I... I he's like not, he, he's not
1: just a lovable oaf.
0: He's know. not an oaf. He yeah, has he a like... big heart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, great. Um, Brendan. next one? So, number eight. Number eight's a bit of a I, shock I have a master
1: left- list here. So, number eight is Dolores Umbridge. Yes? Nothing. That's right. Because you know, deep down... You deserve to be punished.
0: Don't you, Mr. Potter?
1: Really surprising character, if I'm being completely honest. So, Connor, why is Dolores Umbridge on this list?
0: Yeah, uh, she was on my list. Wow. I know. Shows who I am as a human, right? (laughs)
1: Uh, Your list is instantly disqualified now.
0: (laughs) I thought she was a really compelling character. Um, movies did a great job with her.
1: Yes, like like movies, like she, she would definitely be one of my favorite characters because uh, I'm a movie watcher. Like she definitely is a very interesting character. In and
0: that. I want to make this abundantly clear: we said top ten best characters. Yes, this is not a favorite character. I think no, she's totally. on there. People, because
1: I hate her, like in every way. But she's like a great character. So
0: she taught us that evil doesn't always take the form of death eaters. It can be anyone out there. So with Dolores Umbridge, we see from the get-go that she's there to uh, hurt the student, not hurt them physically at first, but to hinder their learning and their growth and their magical education. That already is a trigger for us, right? And then she makes Harry write out, I must not tell lies on his hand and it scars him. So then we see, oh, she's actually physically abusing them now. Yeah. And this is all under the guise of the Ministry of Magic. It's, it's because it's the law. And they're trying desperately to prove Harry wrong. So her character then takes over, fights back against Dumbledore, uh, fights against McGonagall multiple times. I'll, I'll get to that scene in just a few minutes. But Nathaniel, what are your thoughts on uh, Miss Umbridge there?
2: Yeah, Umbridge definitely is the character we hate most, for sure. And we see like in the fifth book, she completely tries to take over Hogwarts, no magic in Defense Against the Dark Arts. You know, that's the whole reason Harry received the I Must Not Tell Lies punishment. And she basically takes over as High Inquisitor of Hogwarts and tries to do stuff she's not allowed to do. And going on to one of my favorite scenes from one of the movies is whenever she tries to sack Trelawney. And then Dumbledore comes out and he's like, you don't have the power to do that. That's the power that I have.
0: Yep, and she says, for now.
1: For now. (laughs)
0: So... Her, oh, she's so annoying. Like, she totally is really annoying. Well, and the best part about her character being in it is it led to the creation of Dumbledore's army. Mm-hmm. She yeah. created the one thing she was hoping to suss out of the school is Dumbledore's influence. And not only did she fail in that, yeah. she led to more students learning about Defense Against the Dark mm-hmm. Arts practically rather than her theorized education. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... That's a great scene uh, that we just listened to, the I Must Not Tell Lies. I love at the end when the centaurs are there and she says, tell them I mean no harm. And Harry says, sorry, I'm professor. sorry, professor.
2: I, I must not tell lies.
0: And she's like screaming like, no, I like, love that scene. Um, what What else though, Nathaniel, when especially compared to a lot of the people on this list are, we'll classify them as good guys, right? Yeah. Uh, why do you think umbridge was on here for example bellatrix lestrange isn't on this list um plot twist guys heads up she's not on here why do you think umbridge would have made it over someone like bellatrix
2: i think umbridge would have made it over someone like bellatrix because i mean we hate umbridge as like a character in the fifth book but umbridge didn't kill anybody and take bellatrix for example she killed a lot of people and that's just taking like meanness to an extreme
0: But Umbridge, I always thought, was more relatable in terms of villain, because everyone's had that teacher that they don't like in school. Yeah. And this was Mm -hmm. that teacher on steroids. Oh, yeah. Imagine trying to take over the school Mm -hmm. then, and you're trying everything desperately to fight back. Um, I also think it embodied the ministry's resistance to Voldemort, um, and showed how government tyranny can play a factor in people's day-to-day lives. I mean, they try to paint Harry as this complete liar, Dumbledore as an old buffoon essentially. Mm-hmm. And all because Fudge was nervous that his position was going to be lost as Minister of Magic. And him and Dumbledore or I'm sorry, him and Umbridge do it to themselves here by being by creating Dumbledore's army and then on top of that by fighting Voldemort so hard that they set them back in the fight against him in future books. So, yeah. Um, any other No, just, I, t-
1: I totally agree with it, to be honest, for being on the list. Just
0: really annoying,
1: but really good character. Really well written, really well uh, depicted on screen, especially
0: as you were talking about earlier. And the last piece, uh, Nathaniel, when you were reading the seventh book for the first time, and she pops up, what did you think?
2: Uh, I was slightly disappointed just because like, I read, I blew through the book so fast that when I saw Umbridge again, I was just like, man, are you kidding me? But looking back on it, it it's really good that she popped up again.
0: I spent... The difference is Nathaniel got to read them in quick uh, succession. I had to spend two years between uh-huh. them. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing like, Umbridge back, was like, oh, cool. Like, not only did they have to go into the ministry where Voldemort's taken over it, they have to go to Umbridge, who we hated so much. So... <laughs> Uh, that was I remember being just really excited about that part but yeah um, so number number eight was uh, Umbridge so thanks guys that was excellent. that was a good one that was a good pick for everyone thanks
1: yeah I, I like that pick a lot
0: um, so alright so on this we have number seven uh, is next Brendan you want to do the honors for us buddy
1: yes number seven is Harry Potter himself any
2: minute right there
0: you'll see Harry listen to me no one's coming
2: Don't worry, he will. He will come. You're
0: dying. Both of you. Harry! Expecto Patronum!
1: So obviously Harry has to be on this list, but at seven? Nathaniel, what's going on with that? Well,
2: some people would say that Harry's number one. I mean, I, me and Connor both disagree with that. I didn't even put Harry on my list. But it's good reason that he should be on this list at all. I mean, he is undefeated against Voldemort with the easiest spell in probably all the Wizarding World. Connor, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. Um, so, Harry beats Voldemort when he's a baby.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, then he beats him when he's 11. And again when he's 12. Then again when he's 14. Truth is, Voldemort probably should stop fighting Harry because he's good against everyone else. He's just really bad against a teenage wizard somehow. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just me. Um, but yeah, the Expelliarmus thing kind of wore out its welcome, especially by the end, you know?
1: hmm Yeah, so, so we'll go over our favorite scene. There's a lot of scenes, obviously, with Harry in them. But Connor, favorite scene
0: with Harry? Um... All right, so I really like the movie scene uh, with, I mean, there's a lot to pick from, but I'm going to go with the dragon uh, in Goblet of Fire. I thought that was just a really cool scene. And also he yells, he's like, Akio Firebolt! And my friend Steven, thanks Steven for sending me your list, by the way, used to walk into our uh, high school cafeteria, and like when, like when we have hundreds of kids trying to squeeze in, and he would stand in the middle of the doorway and be like, Accio Firebolt! And just look <laughs> there, and like, people would be like, get out of the way! So, uh, yeah, but no, that's a cool scene, um, especially how the you know, dragon go around Hogwarts and everything. Yeah. So
2: Favorite moment? I think probably my favorite moment is one of the moments from the movie, and the seventh, the Destiny Hallows, is whenever Harry just is basically like... I've come to die, and he opens the snitch, and then the resurrection stone comes out of it. And I think they did—that's one of the things they did in those right, and that was really cool to see on to, for in the film. Yeah,
0: I uh, I actually am gonna bounce back off of that. That's such a moving moment, you know, in the books especially, because um, it comes to the realization of he he doesn't tell Harry or I'm sorry he doesn't tell Hermione he doesn't tell Ron that he's gonna go die. Um, he does. He sees Jenny, but he ignores her, and he calls back his mom, dad, Sirius, and Lupin, and they guide him uh, to Voldemort there at the end, um, showing that he's willing to make, I guess, the ultimate sacrifice at that point. So I thought that was a really... That's a really uh, great chapter, too, called The Forest again. Um, But yeah, Nathaniel, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, What do you think makes him a compelling character? Uh, Because he's he's the hero of the story, but we'd agree that he kind of, at times, has his moments, right?
2: Yeah, I think, like, in the more, maybe earlier, or the middle of the books, like, Forward and the Phoenix, you kind of see, like, a moody version of Harry, and in the first books, you, you gotta love him. I mean, he stands up against Malfoy, like, he stands up to the school bully, he does it, he looks pretty cool while doing it, I mean, especially on film. He's good at Quidditch all of a sudden? Good as, yeah, good at Quidditch all of a sudden. Yeah. But as pretty we get honest. on to, like, the fifth books, uh, Harry gets, like, a little bit more moody, he starts having just interest in uh, Cho Chang. Still don't understand to this day, Um, but he just kind of like get away
1: from me, ah Cedric, ah.
2: So yeah, yeah. All right, well, (laughs) on (laughs) that (laughs) note, (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: another character trait um, I just want to bring up quickly here is he inspires loyalty. I think he's a really good leader. Um, Mm -hmm. Anybody who had him on their list, a lot of people just argued, hey, he's he's Harry, like he's the hero of Mm the story. But what makes him... He's is, he is on my list. Uh, what makes him, I think, a compelling overall character... I know Nathaniel's giving me a weird look, but uh, what makes him a compelling character is he's able to inspire all those around him to the point where he... In the seventh book, um, you know, after years of helping create Dumbledore's army... You know, teaching all of his friends about defense spells and being kind of a beacon for a lot of people in the Wizarding World, uh, we see Neville even starts back up Dumbledore's army kind of in Harry's name. Um, and then even when they think he's dead, they are still willing to keep fighting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think J.K. J.K. Rowling did a really good job with uh, building Harry up, especially by that seventh book. And uh, we haven't talked about the sixth book a lot, but sixth book's, I think, really cool, really cool moments between him and Dumbledore. And um, I know we're gonna end up talking about that more later, but yeah. So, all
1: right. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with all that, uh, Harry. Especially in the like you were saying in the Deathly Hallows, especially he's just everyone kind of looks to him, and he's really just beacon of hope in a lot of ways. So, and he Harriet. also
0: breaks out of Gringotts and as the Triwizard yes, Tournament champion. Forget <laughs> about that. Yeah, he all, he. Quite frankly, when you look through the books, like there wouldn't really be any books without him. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost kidding. yeah. It's almost like they're. Every book does start imagine. out with Harry Potter. Yeah, so what? Ron Weasley in the Deathly Island. That's not a good ring to it. No, not really. <laughs> All right, so at number six we have Remus Lupin. Now, when I open that
0: wardrobe, here's what I want you to do. Excuse me. Imagine Professor Snape in your grandmother's clothes. Can you do that? Yes. One, at the ready. One, two, three. Think, never think. Ridiculous! Wonderful, Neville, wonderful, incredible. Okay, to the back, Neville. Everyone, form a line.
1: So, Lupin's not a really big movie character. He's important in the third. Uh, but, Connor, why do you think he made the list?
0: Yeah, so Lupin is a lot more prominent in the books, um, especially in books five through seven. Uh, but let's go to three for a few minutes. Um, Lupin's character on the whole, and I think Nathaniel would agree with me, mm-hmm. is very interesting. Uh, he's cool. hi- clearly Harry's best defense against the Dark Arts teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Teaches him the most uh, about different creatures and things of that nature. Grindelwalds come back in the fourth one, even, um, yeah. and he learns about that with Lupin. Uh, he also learns the Patronus Charm, but on a different level, we find that Lupin is also a, a werewolf, and in this world, werewolves are ostracized by society. So they yeah. aren't able to get jobs. Uh, Dumbledore gives Lupin a job because he knows he's good at this, even though Lupin is saying, you know, basically doesn't think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So Lupin is a character who starts who's very he's very brilliant but he never thinks he's good enough because of the person he becomes once one night every 30 days and there's a lot of relatable factors uh, to that just in our own lives um, you know there are some really good people that we know, right mm hmm uh, and but they don't think that they're good enough to accomplish goals that they might have. And I think that her portrayal of Lupin... Or I'm sorry, uh, J.K. Rowling's writing of Lupin and then um, David Dulles, uh, his portrayal of Lupin, it, is very accurate and shows him as one of Harry's uh, protectors throughout the series um, and also shows why maybe James uh, was so fond of him and why they all were friends, him and Sirius, and uh, Pettigrew growing up. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm talking about, like, kind of their childhood. Uh, when I read first read the third book, it kind of just blew me away whenever they were in the Shrieking Shack, and they just, like, told Harry everything. And, like, because going into that, you really have no clue up until that moment that uh, Sirius and Lupin even know each other, uh, Harry's father, like, he, Harry, like, doesn't know anything about his father's relations at Hogwarts, and it was just really cool to see that this person that Harry had been like friends with essentially for like the whole third book is somebody that his parents knew and his dad's really close friends. So.
0: Yeah, that a close personal mentor of his yeah. turned out was his dad's friend. The one question I always had about that, and I think she was using it as more of a suspense, um, a, susp- a suspenseful way of showing, oh, actually, Lupin's close friends with them. I was always wondering why Lupin didn't bring it up more how close of friends he was with James. Um, to Harry, but that might be because he always thought Sirius had betrayed him, and he probably felt a bit guilty. Yeah. During that time, uh, but Nathaniel, uh, do you want to jump into I guess more in like the books? Why, guy? Uh, why you like Lupin and what he brought to the table?
2: Yeah, so we definitely see a lot more of him in the books than we do the movies, and especially in the later books. I mean, I know in the movie they kind of. Botch things up a bit with, like, the whole Weasley house burning scene. <laughs> like, right. he's there. I, I always hated that. But uh, we'll, not talk, we'll, not talk about, we'll talk about that maybe some bit, a bit later. But, yeah, we see definitely see a lot of him in the later books. And, of course, it's devastating to see him gone in book seven, along with some other just slightly minor, you know, Fred Weasley's gone. Uh, but it definitely was sad to see him gone. And especially because just the fact that he was such a compelling character in Harry's live. And, of course, like, Harry's the main character. So to see this role model of Harry's just, like, leave is just, like, adding on to the people that Harry loved that are gone.
0: Right, and uh, in the seventh book in particular, because at that point, Harry's... In the fifth book, Lupin is in the Order of the Phoenix, so he's around a lot with them. Um, and he's around with Sirius. Uh, one of my favorite lines, and it's nothing in particular, but it's Harry goes back and sees his dad in saves memory. Um, and... We find that his dad was a bully to Snape growing up, and he goes back to talk to Sirius and to uh, Lupin about that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're talking, and Lupin and Sirius are sitting there and discussing, and they're laughing with each other, and they're like, what, when, what was going on? And Harry's like, what? They're like, oh, were we at the lake? Oh, I remember that day. Wasn't he, like, playing with his hair? And like yeah, and like in the snitch, got, he like he was so irritating with that thing. And it was kind of like the two of them reminiscing, and you realize that they're really young. And at this point, grow. I mean, when they grew up, two of their close friends, one is dead, one betrayed them, another one was in Azkaban for years, and it's just kind of it's very disappointing seeing that you know these people once had lives and were normal. Yeah. Uh, and they used to just be kids going to school, and now their lives are so much different. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then the seventh book. Uh, where he offers to help Harry and Hermione um, mm-hmm. you know, and Ron, and Harry basically kicks him out and says that he is uh, disappointed that he doesn't want to be with his wife and his soon-to-be child, and he'd rather go on an adventure with them. And Lupin clearly goes back home, um, even though he's frustrated with Harry and upset with him at the time. And then even by the chapter of Shell Cottage, names Harry his uh, kid, Teddy Lupin, names him his uh, godfather. Um, kind of showing that he'd forgiven Harry and that they were, you know, they still had that relationship. So, um, Brendan, anything that you, you'd like to bring in? I um,
1: don't am
0: talking there. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right.
1: No, it's fine. Um, I really like Lupin, uh, even in the movies where he doesn't get a lot of action, he's always just kind of like a, like, he's always just like a, kind of like a, like a calm character. I don't know. He's like very poised, uh, throughout the movies. And that's what I always uh, liked about him. I liked him in the, uh, the third movie. Obviously that's where he's like most prominent. And, uh, and and the seventh one, obviously, is, is really cool. Uh, well, no, it's not cool that he dies, but it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's cool, like, moments with him. So, yeah. uh, favorite scene, Nathaniel, you want to start? Favorite scene. Yeah, so I think probably my favorite scene is in the seventh movie,
2: whenever it's basically Harry's going to die, and he sees the figures of his parents and Lupin and Tonks. and Maybe not Tonks, I'm and not serious. sure. And serious, yeah. And I don't know if it's Sirius or Lupin who says this, but he's like Harry's like, "How is it dying?" And then it's serious. So Sirius says, yeah. "Quicker <laughs> than falling asleep." But it's just kind of a cool moment between all the like role models in Harry's life, and Lupin is one of them.
0: Yeah, um good pick. I like uh, I like in the third movie, um, where he's teaching Harry about the Patronus charm, and they're just sitting there talking, and Harry uh, fails the first time. And Lupin says, what memory did you pick, if you don't mind me asking? And he's like, the first time I wrote a broom. And he's like, that's not nearly good enough. Yeah. Huh. And then Harry has a different one, and he, he does a good job. He knocks the Dementor order back into the box. And he says, uh, you, know, you, you would have given your dad a run for his money. And I think it, it's a really cool moment, just knowing that Lupin was really close friends with his dad. So Yeah. Yep. So, Brendan, who's next on our list?
1: All right, so number five on our list is Hermione Granger.
0: Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She
1: needs to sort out her priorities. So, a pretty easy one. I'm not shocked that she's on the list. Nathaniel, why is she on the list? I mean, she's there for Harry and Ron all throughout their years at
2: Hogwarts, and quite frankly, if she wasn't there, they would all be screw-ups at school. I mean, she's done homework for them on multiple occasions, but that's not the real reason she's on this list. I mean, we see in the later books that she actually starts to become this very influential person, essentially. Just like more in the first books, she's just concerned about getting grades at school, but in the later books, she actually, like, joins up with Harry and like whenever Ron leaves, like she stays with Harry in the seventh book and she doesn't go on with Ron who like she eventually like, marries.
0: Yeah, can we talk about that?
1: <laughs> what uh, an interesting decision there.
0: Ron actually should have been on our list because that dude did no homework, was the worst student, and somehow was given a prefect badge. Yeah. And ended up marrying Emma Watson. So congratulations.
1: <laughs> Good job. <Yeah. laughs> That's like the steal of the century.
0: That was, yeah. That's a yeah, pickpocket. Uh, Nathan, I like everything you said, buddy. I'll bounce right off that. But, um, I like that she comes into the wizarding world as a muggle and basically just absorbs everything she can about, uh, everything she can about the world. And she's reading tons of books. Um, she's actually interested in the topics. She's not like Harry, who's just kind of showing up to class and not doing anything. She does pay attention. Uh, it's well, important yeah, for students. Yeah, exactly. And then, but there was a lot of like really big moments where, for her especially, where she comes through for Harry in the Clutch um, seventh book. Yeah, she does help out a lot, killing the Horcruxes. Um, trying to think, what else? Oh, sixth book, uh, she attacks Ron with some birds because he's making out with Lavender Brown.
1: Oh my gosh, let's so
0: talk about that that's too. That movie—that's
2: the—that's some that—that's some movie crap. We Can
0: should. we jump into the sixth movie for a second? Oh gosh, like I love how She takes Cormac to the ball, and then they're in the. Back a little room and uh...
2: my dude eats like this stuff and he throws up on Snape's feet. Yeah, he's like, did that just earn you a month's attention?
0: <laughs> and Hermione, he's like, what is that? Dragon Balls? And she's like, oh no, thank you. And he's like, yeah, makes your breath terrible. She's like, oh, on second thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, Brendan, you I mean you've seen the movies at this point, so you know um, what are your thoughts on Hermione?
1: Um. And, know. Uh, yeah, Hermione's, like, yeah, she, she definitely deserves to be on this list. Uh, I like where she's at, like, top five. She definitely she deserves to be on there, because she's a lot more than just, or you see her growth, uh, as a character, isn't the thing I talked about. Um, she, yeah, she goes from just being this, like, annoying kind of, like, know-it-all to being, like, the person who actually does know-it-all, but in a good way. Like, actually a really helpful way.
0: Like, she's able and to apply yeah. knowledge, yeah. Uh, that's, like, I love Snape. It kind of attacks her all the time. Or like in the sixth book, he'll say, what's the benefit of uh, using nonverbal spells? She, of course, raises her hand and gives an answer. He's like, basically verbatim out of the book. But yes, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she does a great job of actually applying all that. Um, In the ministry, Battle for the Ministry, I guess fifth book is where I think she thrives the best, where Harry says, we have to go sick serious now because as we already established, he's moody, he's brash, he's headstrong, right? And she's like, Harry, think. Does this make any sense at all? Yeah. And he's basically like, no, but we have to do it. <laughs> she's like, Harry, I'll go like with you to figure this out, but I don't think this is real. And uh, she, even in the ministry battle, she holds her own against a lot of Death Eaters. Um, I believe she's even fighting Bellatrix at one point and holding her off. Mm. So.
2: Yeah, basically, Hermione, very compelling character, the one who kind of saves your butt at the last minute. And like Brennan was saying, it's, it's good that she's in this top five um, because she's really just... I mean, she's probably one of the best like actual wizards yeah, in, in all the series. I mean, among the adults and students, of course. I mean, she's the best out of the students by far. Yeah,
0: I mean, all right, so we're, we're through five, and I know we'll get to scenes in a second, right? Mm-hmm. But since we're, we're having our basically halftime, what do you guys think? Would be your top four wizards you would pick, or which is if you're going into a battle.
1: Oh, going into a battle.
0: Going into a battle and you're trying to All win. Right.
1: Do you want to start? I mean. Well, probably,
0: I, don't, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. What, in the order of the Phoenix, especially. I mean, you're not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take them. Um, Because I'd pick Snape. You can't pick Dumbledore, by the way. That's just cheating. <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah.
2: So we can pick protagonist and antagonist.
0: I, I would just do protagonist, right? Okay. Now, like if you're putting a team together of who to win in a, on a mission, so
1: you're putting the Avengers of wizards together. What are you gonna? Yeah. What are you gonna do?
0: Like, I personally pick Snape, Hermione, because they aren't gonna butt heads like Harry and Snape. I'm not mm. gonna pick Sirius because they would butt heads. I'm pick Lupin.
1: Mm.
0: And then probably uh, oh Kingsley Shacklebolt.
2: Yeah. Alright, I'll, do, if you want, okay, I'll yeah. do my list right now. I was also gunning for Kingsley. Okay. I, I was going to say that. definitely him. And then, def- of course, Snape, Lupin, Sirius, and yeah, probably Hermione. So I- I'm obviously noticing a trend here.
0: If you're going Hermione's... for like a dream team, though, you could do uh, Harry, Lupin, Sirius, and then Mad Eye? Oh, yeah. That actually wouldn't be too bad. I like, like that pick. Yeah, like, you'd win. You'd win a fight. I don't think you'd sneak in anywhere. <laughs>
1: no, definitely not.
0: Harry's got an invisibility cloak, and he'd yeah. still be stumbling around that place. But, yeah. Brendan, you have any picks? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's pretty much the ones I would have picked. They're just they're just the top of the list. Oh, the nice wizards, sense. so. Yeah.
0: True. All right. Um, you want to do favorite scenes? So, uh, Nathaniel, what's your favorite movie scene or book scene with Hermione?
2: I mean, obviously, as the, from the clip you just heard, uh... That's definitely my favorite line from Hermione,
0: nope. of
2: all the movies. But like, I think favorite actual scene is in uh, I think it's the second book, uh, where basically like Lockhart in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, and she's just like knows all the answers to all the questions about, and it, basically the test is just. Him. Yeah, um, it's, about a, him at all. it's a
0: personality. And like, about, yeah, in yeah. the
2: movies, Hermione's just like, isn't he amazing? And I always thought that was hilarious. <laughs> or
0: he's like, no one but Hermione knew my favorite color is lilac.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: And Harry and Ron are like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, not a good one. I uh, liked uh, probably my favorite book scene is when they go to Godric's Hollow and see Harry's parents' grave. And Hermione's there and makes the wreath and then like holds his hand and everything. I think that's really a really touching moment because they have been through a lot at that point and she knows it means a lot to him Mm -hmm. and it's just, I think it's a really cool, really cool scene, especially in the books. So great. Um, All right. So we're moving on.
1: Moving right along here. We're, of course, in our top five and at number four is Sirius Black. You're not a bad person. You're a very good
0: person who bad things have happened to. You understand?
1: The world isn't split into good people and Death Eaters. We've all got both light and dark inside of us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. So we're actually going to start with their favorite scenes uh, for this one, but obviously Sirius is a very important character. He's a really great character. He was on both of your lists. So Nathaniel, what is your favorite scene with Sirius Black? Yeah, so I'd probably say my favorite scene
2: is in the beginning of the fifth movie whenever some of the Order members are traveling to the train with Harry, and Sirius kind of pulls Harry aside in this like, room next to the station, and he's just kind of talking to Harry like, uh, stay safe, and he gives him an old picture of like, the first Order of the Phoenix, and I just really like this moment because it's kind of touching between another one of Harry's kind of
0: role models at this point. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I like the uh, scene in the third movie where uh, he, of course, he takes Ron uh, under the Whomping Willow and then into the Shrieking Shack. And then Harry and Hermione get there. And they're like, Ron, what's wrong? And he's like, it's him. He's an animagus. And it's uh, seriously close closes the door and it's like the dog footprints. And then it's him standing behind the door. And I, I really love that scene uh, in that moment but I think it's cool because uh, that's when we learned the truth that Pettigrew is actually the killer and Sirius was loyal to Harry's parents the entire time and you know Harry's godfather always stood you know was always with them and behind him so I've always really that's a really cool scene there
1: yeah um I really like Sirius's character a lot uh, I think uh, I'm gonna forget what. Uh, what movie it is? It's the part where he's like leaving because he's like I have to go, or it's like is that in the third one at the end?
0: Yeah, where he's on buckbeak.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. one of my favorite scenes. Just kind of like like you know you're gonna see him again, mm-hmm. but like it's kind of it's kind of uh, cool where he's like, because he, he's been like kind of falling around because he's like his godfather this whole time, but it, but he has to like leave, but you know he's gonna be back yeah, later. And, and it's, I, it's 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 kind of cool. Yeah,
0: I love when he uh, he looks at me. He's like you you look so much like your father. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really cool. That's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, serious. Shut your mother's eyes.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I uh, like the Expecto Patronum scene, of course. We heard that earlier, but I just want to make that yeah. clear. Yeah. So that's that's another classic. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nathana, what do you think makes him a compelling character?
2: I mean, well, he's another one of Harry's role models. I mean, Harry has a lot of so-called role mo- role models in uh, all the books and movies, but Sirius is really like. Like, going off in the third book, you really think he's a terrible person. And you kind of grow to, like, hate him a lot.
0: Because you think he's a murderer?
2: Yeah. (laughs) You grow to hate him a lot. And then, at the end of the third book, he just totally reveals that he's actually a friend of Harry's father when they were at Hogwarts together. And it's just kind of cool to see somebody that Harry was so, like, so angry at for... He was their friend! Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of see him like start to grow on him
0: a ton. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I like that. I think the other thing uh, that goes under the radar here is... Um, or aspect of Sirius's life is he's actually an incredibly powerful wizard. Like him and James are always said to be really, really brilliant. They got tons of O's on their owls. and um, They even were able to turn into Anna Magi. I mean... He's unregistered. Um, turns into a dog whenever he wants to. That's pre- that's pretty impressive. Uh, he also is a top-notch dueler. Um, he does lose to Bellatrix and Order. Um, he's he's rusty, but yeah, it's all right. Uh, but yeah, he's incredibly powerful in that regard. Uh, comes from a great family. Um, but yeah, I love in the fourth or third book especially, and and the fourth one uh, where he's kind of been helping Harry out all throughout the third. And then the fourth, I really like his character because he's the only one, it seems like, in the entire books that cares that Bertha Jorkins has died. And is he's basically saying, I don't care about you winning this tournament. I don't want you to win this tour. I want you to survive this tournament. Yeah. Where everybody else is just kind of like, oh, Harry, you can win this thing. And he's like, no, something's wrong here. And he just wants Harry to survive, and that's it. And then, of course, the Barty Crouch reveal happens and all of that, and Dumbledore basically... Ends up telling McGonagall, "Hey, there's gonna be a dog in this cave. I need you to find it and bring it up here." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I really like his character. His character was uh, wasn't properly developed because she killed him off. So thanks, J.K. Rowling.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Uh, but it was another situation. Nathaniel, you hinted at earlier, the, another character, a mentor, and um, you know, quite in this case, you know, kind of like a brother or parent who. Now is dead, and Harry has to keep going on without in his life. Uh, but he's such an important person in Harry's life that he names his oldest kid James Sirius. So yeah. that's cool. We won't talk about his second yeah. kid's name. I don't that's know.
1: Just... We're not going to get into that.
0: We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll briefly touch it, but I mean, can you yeah. imagine being named Albus Severus? Oh man!
1: Don't don't even get me started on like the cursed
0: child. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd I'd be like, Dad, just call me Al Bear. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh,
1: oh yeah. Alright, so we're getting into the heavy hitters now. At number three is Voldemort. It was love. You see, when dear sweet Lily Potter gave her life for her only son, she provided the ultimate protection. I could not touch him. It was old magic. Something I should have foreseen. But no matter, no matter, things have changed. I can touch you now. Whoa, man, slow down. That is a minor you're dealing with. <laughs> Hands off, man. All right, so I know this is Nathaniel's number one character on his list, but I'm going to bounce off Connor real quick so Connor can get his thoughts out of the way, and then we can bounce Nathaniel for the real heavy-hitting stuff. So, Connor, uh, what makes him a great character?
0: Um, Actually, so he's, he's a little farther down on my list. Um... I think Voldemort got up here because he's one of the best antagonists in in cinema history. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm, but the scene that we all just heard, where he's in the graveyard, um, when he comes back to life and he touches his eyes and his eyes like roll back in his head, uh, that's a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, if I was a child, I'd have been frightened. Yeah, at like that.
1: he's he's like the Darth Vader of cinema, but like so much creepier and messed up.
0: Exactly, and and all fairness with his character it's not like an umbrage where she's she's kind of bullying everyone it's not Malfoy who's just picking on Harry mm-hmm. this is someone who in his duel with Dumbledore we see is far and away one of the best to ever ever do yeah. it he's killed hundreds of uh, wizards at this point um, he's killed some very very strong wizards he even kills Scrimgeour uh, in the seventh uh, book so He's going and personally killing the minister of magic. And he also has a legimens. We see early on when the flashbacks, he's able to control people through manipulation, where he basically says, Tell me the truth. And Dumbledore even makes a comment where he's like, Even then, I thought uh, I was even slightly compelled to tell him the, you know, to give him answers mm-hmm. at that point. He was used to it. So uh, his power is beyond anything we've ever seen. So I think that makes him a really interesting villain.
1: Except for Grindelwald in the Crimes of Grindelwald.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that's don't oh, gosh. Yeah, Go w-
1: back and watch our previous episode if you're really interested in that. But. If you're really
0: interested, but yeah, let's... We'll move past that fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
2: basically just the sheer power of Voldemort. I mean, nobody else in the Wizarding World could rally up as many supporters in such a short amount of time, like, actually. Because from the fifth book, when actually people are like... Can confirm that he's actually back. Uh, I mean, even starting in the fourth book, in the graveyard, whenever some of his most loyal Death Eaters come, but he rallies uh, so many supporters, Death Eaters up, and just like at the beginning of the seventh movie, part one, we just see just the power of Voldemort when they're in Malfoy Manor, and they're there, and he's just like, what's her name? Floating Charity Burbage. Charity Burbage is just floating on top of the table. And he's like, Nagini, dinner. And it's just like, he, oh wow. And obviously he's a parcel mount. And so he's able to control this killer snake.
0: Well, he was really, early on in the sixth book, they do a fantastic job of flashing back. Uh, And so you can actually see what he's like. In the movie, it's not not as well developed. But in the book, you see his abilities as a younger student at Hogwarts and... Dumbledore points out that he surrounded himself with powerful and rich friends. Mm-hmm. So he immediately knew where to go once he got there and who to rally himself around. The
1: Malfoys. <laughs> no, it's right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: He, it's around the Malfoys. It's around people who had positions of power in the ministry. Mm-hmm. He befriends Slughorn, we see mm-hmm. very closely. Um, mm-hmm. at that point he's already created one Horcrux. He goes and creates seven Horcruxes, um, a number. What's uh, Doctor Strange say in Infinity War? Hitherto undreamt of. Hitherto
1: undreamt of. <laughs> yes. Did you just use the um, phrase hitherto undreamt of? Yeah.
0: But yeah. Uh, so there's a certain level of he, of ability that he has, but beyond that, he stretches the boundaries of magical, you know, theory, to the point that no, individual has ever seen. At least in the Harry Potter universe, uh, Dumbledore points out to Harry when Harry's discussing his wand and how his wand is, actually. Uh, received some of the powers of Voldemort. And that's why it was able to stop him the night of the Seven Potters. And Dumbledore says, you and Voldemort have traveled into realms of magic that no one has ever seen before. So you know, Voldemort has pushed his body and pushed his magical knowledge to a brink where there's no one else that can even compete with him except for, quite frankly, Dumbledore, mm-hmm. who's done similar. Um, but for good he's not just going around and killing people but uh, yeah as Nathaniel pointed out he's really good at recruiting he clearly knows magical law because a lot of goblins and a lot of giants join his cause uh, and he promises them freedoms which other wizards haven't given him so he knows how to recruit Mm -hmm. my dude's a top recruiter here he'd be like
1: Voldemort for president 2020
0: honestly he's like coach K out
1: there yeah oh my gosh yeah (laughs) crazy (laughs) town (laughs) that's that's a really great comparison yeah yeah so I was uh, so next, obviously, favorite scene. There is a lot, uh, every single movie. Uh, but what's going go Nathaniel, What's your favorite scene with Voldemort? I think probably my favorite scene with
2: Voldemort is probably just uh, in the seventh movie, part two. We just see outside of Hogwarts with a giant barrier around Hogwarts. He's out there, and he's like, begin. And then just all of a sudden, all the death—they just are, all start shooting up spells onto there. And of course, like we see him, like make the final spell to break it. And he's like, ah, oh, he's just like, like
0: ah! <laughs> hey, The only issue I have with Voldemort, I think overall, because speaking of, to that, is the elder. He ends up losing because of his hubris and thinking. That he's able to control all sorts of magic, mm-hmm. and he understands everything, and he, he doesn't clearly because he messes up the elder wand, he doesn't understand Snape, doesn't understand love there. Uh, but the only bit of I thought lazy writing that J.K. Rowling had was when he goes in, in the books, they're like, "Oh, Voldemort thought he was the only one to find this room." And that's why he hides a diadem in there. You're like, the room where there's clearly thousands of years worth of crap in it. (laughs) Yeah. He thinks he's the only one to find it? Like, come on.
1: Yeah.
0: I just thought, I I thought it was a bit goofy. Um, But yeah, so sorry, Nathaniel, didn't mean to cut you off there.
2: Yeah, and also, he kind of predicts, I mean, creates horcruxes in kind of the most uh, easiest things to kind of figure out. I mean, every, all of the uh, like a lot of them have correlations to Hogwarts, uh, Helga Hufflepuff's cup, the diadem, and I feel like if he like he could have done a better job of like, hey, I'm just gonna create my this random boot. I mean, I know that these odd items are very like, significant to his whole plan, like.
0: But he thinks. In relation to Hogwarts. Uh, so I, let's let's fight let's fight each other on this one I like this because I, Be I know what you're sparring. Saying. <laughs> Go. I know what you're thinking, but I'll my only argument is he thinks he's the he's survived death. So if you believe that you're one of the great you you think you're the greatest wizard of or anything of all time, right? Would you hide a shard of your soul in a boot? Right? Like I mean, he hides it That's in
1: It's like a d- Warren Buffett hiding his fortune in like a Skechers outlet.
0: Yeah, no right. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, where's your money? It's all been under my mattress. Yeah, this exactly. Exactly. So I think with uh, Voldemort his use of the three founders of Hogwarts well and technically four. Harry's the Gryffindor that he creates. So I'm right. I mean. Accidentally.
2: So He doesn't, he doesn't actually intentionally create. Either a way.
0: Uh, but the snake is Maybe. impressive. The ring is a sign like no one really knows the ring exists and in the diary I mean there's even if you figured out the one the first three, right, if you've thought of the Hogwarts ones, it's hard to find the ring, the diary, and the guinea are really difficult to stop there.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's my only issue there. And also I wanted to point out um, that not only was he great at bringing people over to his side, but in another scene in the sixth book, we see him going and talking to Hebsenbeth Smith. Mm-hmm. And basically, she's this old woman who's very, very rich. She's a collector, and he brings her, like, treats and everything like that. He's very handsome. And so, of course, he's flirty with this older woman. And she shows him Helga Hufflepuff's cup and Slytherin's locket. And it says there's a tint of red in his eye when he sees the locket. And then it goes back, and of course, like, two days later, she's dead. But it shows you he's so—he's such a good manipulator of human beings— that he's able to seep in through the cracks mm-hmm. and right. basically, like, take hold into these people, latch on to And then once he's done with them, basically just throws them by the wayside. Either way. So, Brendan, well, what's your favorite movie scene with Voldemort? Um, oh,
1: man. One of my favorite scenes uh, with Voldemort... I mean, obviously. Okay, so in meme culture, one of the, one of the best uh, memes of all time, favorite memes, is a Harry Potter meme where it's the in the seventh movie, it's the Harry Potter is dead. <laughs> and it's like just really goofy <laughs> and like it's just so weird. And and there's also just like really weird transitions that we always we always make fun of the weird yeah. transitions, like when uh, Ron and Hermione like kiss for the first time, and then the very next scene is like Voldemort going like where again, like like just about to kill someone. Like it's super goofy. Um but in all seriousness, uh, one of my favorite scenes is actually from the first movie where he 's actually under Quirrell's like uh Turban or whatever you mentioned it was like that was that was really cool because that was the first time you ever see him. I mean, he changes a little bit uh from the first movie, but it's kind of like cool to see that like oh he's actually alive and it kind of makes sense. You start figuring out uh like the whole thing with him and Harry's parents and
0: nothing yeah. like that, so I like it um, and then the only other scene I can think of. Is the duel with Dumbledore? Um, I really like that. Mm -hmm. That was, I thought, really cool. And the movies in particular, they do a great job with that. And it shows that these two are on such a different level. And then Harry's just watching, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Harry has no hope in this fight. Yeah. Harry's like, "Expelliarmus." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so good. Uh, So Voldemort, congratulations! You're number three on this list. So. All
1: right, moving on to. Number two is Dumbledore. It is not in the nature of a Dementor to be forgiving. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light. All right, so I know that Dumbledore was really high on both your guys' lists. Connor had him at number one. Nathaniel had him at number two. So I'll start with Connor, who had him at number one. Why is Dumbledore number one, and why is he a great character?
0: Um, so yeah, one. We're at number two now, so we can just all agree. A lot of people have Dumbledore one through three. Um, I think he was probably the, had the most. Um, he was on there on everybody's list for the most part, but. What I like most about Dumbledore is, first off, uh, he's an extremely powerful wizard. We've discussed this before, but he has the Elder Wand for decades without anyone noting, noticing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he holds on the Elder Wand while he's also dueling Voldemort. He beats Grindelwald in the duel. Those are both two of the best wizards of all time. He beats one and draws the other one. Right. Mm-hmm. He at the same time though uh, is. Does so with, you know as he would basically say, love. Um, Voldemort's after all this for power, where Dumbledore, his whole point to Harry and what makes him a good character is that he's a better teacher than he is a wizard. He teaches Mm -hmm. Harry about the strength of love. He teaches him about his mother. Um, In the sixth book, when they have their lessons together, there's a part where Harry says, I've got to do it. Talking about beating Voldemort. And Dumbledore says, or he's talking about the prophecy, I'm sorry. And Dumbledore says, got to? You don't got to do anything.
1: <laughs>
0: you make a decision. You, the reason, you know, and he tells Harry, the reason you want to fight Voldemort is because you can't rest. Even if this prophecy wasn't even about you, you can't rest unless he was defeated. And Harry's like, you're right. He's like, that's why you're doing this. You're not doing this because of some stupid prophecy. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about a prophecy. Yeah. You're doing this because you want to do this. Yeah. And this is something that you feel compelled to do. Uh, and I love the lessons that they do have in the sixth book, uh, where especially the cave. cave's a great chapter, and I know we'll talk about that more. But Nathaniel, sorry, anything that you'd like to add in there?
2: I mean, yeah, I agree with you about all of that. And obviously, a lot, uh, a lot of the stuff that Dumbledore says is very inspiring. I mean, a lot of great quotes through, all throughout the whole entire series. Uh, in the King's, Cro- King's Cross Station, quote-unquote, in the seventh book, um, he's kind of like giving a sort of pep talk to Harry. So, like, you get to make the decision whether or not you go back. And so, basically, Harry at this point is like, yeah. And, like, like Connor was saying before, Harry wants to do this. He wants, so, he, want, he wants to make the decision to go back. And Dumbledore basically just is giving him, telling him, like, so, like, essentially, like, this whole King's Cross is in Harry's mind. And Dumbledore is like, well, wow, why should that mean it's not real? And basically, just t- telling Harry, like, you make the decision to go back, defeat Voldemort.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, there's, you know, a lot of examples through all the books, uh, but I'd like to focus, if you don't mind, on six and seven uh, because Dumbledore is, and even five, Dumbledore's a bit of a chess master. As much as I like Harry and all the characters we've talked about, this whole story is basically Dumbledore versus Voldemort. Dumbledore uses a lot of the people in his life, in a way, as a pawns, to take down Voldemort. Harry you know, would, is basically you know, like his most powerful piece, right? So he's training him up. However, he moves around the pieces and doesn't give out all the information at one time. He makes Harry and Ron Hermione learn for themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I thought made him most compelling was in the seventh book, J.K. Rowling does a great job of turning the audience's perception of Dumbledore a bit on its head. With The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore, uh, a Skeeter, that she writes this, mm-hmm. and you learn, oh, he may have not been the person we thought he was. So we have six books of where you, quite, you, know, you really are looking up to this character. You think this character is on a godlike level. And in the seventh, she has that character come crashing down, and you realize, oh, he's just a person like all of us. He mm-hmm. had dreams, he had ambitions, and he chose not to follow them. He chose instead to be a teacher. Yeah. And to help people, yeah. And you, you thought an infallible character all of a sudden has all these massive character flaws, right? And he he recognizes them for what they were, and that's why he doesn't chase after the hallows, even though he's discussed it. Uh, yeah,
1: I think I think that's a really good point. Uh, he's just he's really he's a really humble person. He just he sacrifices a lot uh, for people that he really cares about, and he sacrifices it all in the end uh, for those people. And it's it's just really he's. Like, Harry's the real hero of the whole story, but but Dumbledore is just, he's, he's another great uh, character that's developed really well. and
0: Right, and because he's... And it's
1: finished really well and yep. everything. He's just a really well thought out character. And
0: he has a lot of wisdom in the books. For example, he, he to- talks to Harry and says, why do you think I left you with your aunt and uncle? He's, uh, you know, a lot of families would have taken you in happily. But I thought the strongest bond was between you and your mother because your mother saves you. Mm-hmm. So I put you with her family and her blood, creating a bond that means Voldemort can't come and get you until age 17,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, when you're a man at that point. Uh, he also gives Ron the Deluminator, knowing that Ron will walk out on them and want to come back and not know how. So he gives him the Deluminator to accomplish that in the seventh book. Uh, with the Tales of Beetle the Bard, he sets the Deathly Hallows in motion. Um, Nathan, you want to talk a bit about Deathly Hallows? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so essentially he gives uh, his copy of the Tales of Beedle the Bard to Hermione in order so that they can find out about the Deathly Hallows. And so she sees the symbol and starts researching areas like, oh, I saw that on the necklace of Xenophilus Lovegood. And they end up going to his house, and he tells them all about the Deathly Hallows. Uh, she Well, first of all, the story's in the book. So she reads the whole story aloud, and... I think that was very well portrayed in the movie.
0: Just yeah, that was a good thinking cool about
2: that. But it just kind of shows Dumbledore has this all planned out. Yeah. Dumbledore has everything. He had, he had it planned out that Snape was going to kill him w- way early on before anybody else knew.
0: Yep. And he thought that Snape was gonna actually going to be the owner of the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. He actually was hoping that was the case. Because he wanted, he thought that, okay, as long as that's, you know that's in Snape's hands. Snape won't know about it. He'll be fine. And then, of course, Voldemort ends up killing Snape because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Snape... uh, We'll be getting to that in a bit. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But uh, Snape's character is also one where, with Dumbledore especially, where Dumbledore took him in when he didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even at one point, Dumbledore says, you know, you're despicable. We're talking to Snape. And then he works with Snape, though, and He's always willing to give people second chances. Uh, We've talked about Lupin on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Hagrid's one that we didn't really touch too much on, but Hagrid was expelled from Hogwarts, and Dumbledore knew he had a kind heart and knew it was all a lie, Mm -hmm. and he let him back on grounds because he knew he needed a place to stay. Yeah. He always has a bit of a soft spot for you muggle-borns and all people that he thinks need second chances because everyone just needs love. That's his whole Mm -hmm. pitch to Harry. Um, So, yeah, I... I, there's a lot to talk about Dumbledore. That's why he was he's number one on my end, because um, you know then he does lose his family and he sees what over you know month time frame he sees what can happen to you if you're too ambitious and crave power too much. Mm-hmm. Is you turn quite frankly into like Grindelwald, um, and right. that's when he decides to instead of pursuing the Hallows and pursuing immortality and power. Uh, to kind of go in the opposite manner and to teach and to be uh, a leader and a in a mentor um, to younger people. So he's also a skilled legimens. So that's pretty cool that he can read people's minds. So yeah. that's fun. Um, I'm sorry. I know I talked a lot there. Uh, we want to do scenes here.
1: Yeah, favorite scene. Uh, Nathaniel, you want to start favorite scene. Yeah, I probably
2: think my favorite scene uh, from the books is in the second at the end of the Chamber of Secrets when Harry's in Dumbledore's office and Dumbledore, like, he's basically, like, returning the Sword of Gryffindor, I think. And Dumbledore just kind of, like, gives him, like, a little, like, pep talk. And also, at the end of the second book, when he visits Harry in the hospital wing, and he's like, ah, oh, Bertie bots, ever-flavored meats.
0: In the first one, you mean?
2: Oh, yeah, that's in the first, yeah, first movie. Yeah, and he's like, alas, earwax, and just kind of...
0: You know what he says, though, in both of those, right? His, uh, quotes? He's just, like, I think and he's talking about just The know, second know, book, days. The second book, he says, um... He tells Harry, it's our choices that make us who we are, far more than our abilities. Mm-hmm. I love that quote. Yeah. And then in the first, uh, he's discussing death. And he says to Harry, to the well organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Um, and I really like those quotes. Uh, Dumbledore gets all the good lines in this.
1: Totally, yeah. Totally does. All the good lines. Like, whenever you look up, like, Harry Potter quotes, like, at least the majority of them are all Dumbledore quotes.
0: Yeah. You find yeah. occasional, like, Lupin, mm-hmm. serious,
1: yeah. but yeah. But it's mostly Dumbledore. And that's just real testament to his his personality, so.
0: She does a good job developing him, too. He's a pro- character that we don't really know too much about, really, until later books. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's also calming. So the 1B5 in the movie is the fourth book, or fourth movie, I'm sorry, where... He goes and basically attacks Harry and is like, Harry, did you put... And in the book, it says, calmly, asks Harry, Harry, did you put your name on the <laughs> fire? <laughs> so, oh, man, what
1: a difference the well, script can make.
0: Turns out... One little bit of writing, man. You can just read that one verse <laughs> in the book and apply it properly. But, uh, yeah, I... Of course, I mean, I've talked a lot about it, but I think Dumbledore just is a very uh, compelling character. Right. Uh, to quote Nathaniel.
1: So. <laughs> Very compelling. <laughs> all right, so. Are Nathaniel, anything else you want yeah. to say? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. So, moving on to the number one but character that you all submitted is Severus Snape. You've been raising him
2: like a pig for slaughter. Don't tell me now that you've grown to care for the point.
1: So I'm just really interested, uh, uh, Nathaniel, I'm going to go to you. Why is Snape number one? Not only why is he a great character, but why is he number one?
2: Yeah, I think Snape is number one because out of all the Harry Potter series, he's the character that we probably dislike the most. Just like, bu- just like our dislike for him building up. And then just the biggest, the biggest shock of
0: all seven books, definitely. Yeah, um, The Princess Tale. The Princess Tale, my favorite chapter. Yeah, I, mean, I remember reading that for the first time, and it, just, it was just, wow. Um, everything makes so much more sense now. So, uh, yeah, the first book, especially, too, because the first book, Harry doesn't trust Snape, and he thinks Snape's, of course, the villain. And it turns out that he's not the villain at all. He's actually been protecting Harry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we still have a lot of questions, though, throughout the series, because... Snape's never nice to Harry, per se. The nicest he ever gets is an Occlumency. They share a few moments. But even then, there's no niceties exchanged between either one of them. So, uh, and once he kills Dumbledore, it's an ultimate betrayal to Harry and to his mm-hmm. friends and to the Order. And he's willing to take that sacrifice of friendship, of companionship, because he knows it's all for the greater good. And to ultimately break down, take down Voldemort, he has to go about this mm-hmm. um, and make sure it's all a show mm-hmm. and that Voldemort now thinks that Snape is completely devoted to him and not to Dumbledore or the Order or anyone else. So
1: Right. It's it's kind of like um, Snape's another one of those characters where he always kind of has an underlying meaning to everything he does. Um, that's mostly true at the end of the series. At the beginning of the series, he kind of just acts and like, oh, this guy, you know, like oh, the Potter's kid's finally here. Oh, he's an idiot. Like, let me just, like, you know, like, mess with him kind of a little bit. And then towards the end, he's actually, like, he actually does, as you saw in the clip, he actually does start to care uh, for Harry.
0: Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't know if he ever truly likes Harry because with Snape, here's how I want, just if you're listening, here's how I want you to think about this. Uh, Imagine the person that you went to high school with and you hated the most. Okay, so the person that bullied you throughout high school. That person, you know, the person who you always end up liking and you have a crush on and, quite frankly, develop feelings for, ends up marrying that high school bully. Yeah. Okay, you'd be pretty distraught and pretty upset. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And on top of that, then Snape joins the Death Eaters. Well, now the woman that you love ends up dying because of you. You, he was, Snape was the one who told the prophecy to Voldemort, and Voldemort assumed he meant the, it was the Potters. And so Snape's like, oh, God, no, I don't want you going after her. He begs for her life to Voldemort. And Voldemort basically just says he's willing to let her go, and she doesn't budge. Mm-hmm. She's like, take me instead, and so he ends up killing her. So Snape is, feels directly uh, involved in the killing of Lily Potter the person he always loved. So then when Harry comes to school and he finds out the boy survived and he's at school, well, he shows up and the first thing he sees is the kid looks exactly like James. Yeah. And he hates James.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So And now he's been in charge of protecting this kid. You wouldn't like the kid. No. He looks exactly like the person you hated your entire life, mm-hmm. but you're doing this out of, uh, a, I mean, sense of good moral fiber. Right, Nathaniel? Yeah. <laughs> So that's when I always think of Snape, is I can't imagine someone where the person you loved your entire life um, ends up marrying the person you loathed. And now you have to join forces with that person's friends and help protect that kid who looks exactly like the bully. And it's got to be – it's a very difficult – it's, it's got to take a very tough a person who's very mentally tough and mentally sound to be able to put up with that. And on top of it, Snape is actually a truly incredible wizard because we see in the Half Blood Prince, he develops all these spells at the age of like 15, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And Harry's using them all the time. He's like, wow, this Prince guy's really brilliant. And everything Snape teaches him is useful. He's deep, but the way he goes about it probably isn't. as it's yeah, not
1: the best.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So, Nathaniel, uh, are there any teachers in your life currently that you'd you compare to Professor Snape? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, not
2: not nearly as harsh,
0: I would probably say. <laughs> okay, uh, but either way, Nathaniel, what was what were some traits that you liked about Snape, and when you had put him on your list, why did you think he was as high as he was?
2: Yeah, and I mean, of course, like any other Harry Potter fan, when I first read the books, I always just, like, I hate Snape. And I read the books, like, not not too long ago, like, maybe three years ago, and I was able to escape all spoilers from the past, like, 15 years before then of anything that happened in the Harry Potter books, so Snape's death actually really shocked me, and I always just grew hating him when I was reading the first books, and then just the huge turnaround, of course, The Prince's Tale, uh... He is one of my favorite characters by far. Just if they wouldn't have, if that wouldn't have happened, he'd probably be like my least favorite character.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought Umbridge was your least favorite character. She's only <laughs> in one book. She's only in one book. All right, it's like yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So you want to jump into scenes?
1: Yeah, favorite scene. Uh, you wanna go? Yeah. yeah, I think my uh, favorite scene with Snape is
2: probably uh, the astronomy tower. Yeah. Just Snape comes in, and Draco, of course, lowers his wand. Like, Draco, at this point, he, he can't do it. He can't. And then Snape just, is, he pretty much just does it. And yeah. It, I think they portrayed it really well in the movie.
0: Hey, no, the only issue I have with the movie is that Snape shows up and, like, tells Harry to be quiet, and Harry's just, like, standing there the whole time. Because in the book, he's got the invisibility cloak on him, and he's been uh, petrified, or not petrified, but... um stunned or whatever it is so he, he can't move so harry's stuck against the door like watching this happen and is freaking out uh, where in the movie snape's like hey be quiet and hang out right here yeah kills him and then harry's like oh, oh i'm just gonna watch him go out the door all right <laughs> yeah but the scene between voldemort and uh Dumb- voldemort i'm sorry dumbledore and snape um i thought was really well done so now Brandon, uh you've seen the movies what's your favorite scene uh, I
1: always like the quote of the, it's like, Harry Potter, our new celebrity. Like, I always really that <laughs> part, Tell like that part me, yeah, he's like right away just like grilling him because he's just like, ah, I hate this kid. Um, it's like, ah, it sucks. But yeah, yeah, Snape, um, especially at the beginning, like, I remember watching the movie and I didn't know anything about Harry Potter. It's like, dude, yeah, this Snape guy is weird and I hate him. Like, even in the movies, he's just like always just watching and then he always has something snarky to say and he always seems like he just, is really like, just, ah, oh, I hate this. Just, like, everything about it. Like, I, I hate, I don't want to be associated with all this. This is kind of what
0: he just feels like. I, I like in the sixth book, uh, he, him and Harry at the very end. Harry finds out and Harry catches up to Snape. And he starts cursing him and saying the curse is allowed. And he says, didn't I tell you to practice nonverbal spells?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like, oh, my gosh, he's toying with them. Mm-hmm. Like, Snape is so much more powerful than Harry. And then Harry tries to use Sectumsempra on him. And he's like, you dare use my own spells against me? And I thought that was a really, really cool scene. Uh, Another one I love is uh, the princess tale um, where he goes to uh, Dumbledore and pleads for their life. And then I like there are a few different uh, pieces throughout it, though, where Dumbledore makes comments like, keep an eye on Quirrell, won't you? Mm -hmm. And things of that nature Um, that I just thought were really inspiring. But then, of course, the reveal where you find out Harry's a Horcrux, that was... That was really a devastating scene, mm-hmm. especially the first time you read it. First time you read it, it's just it's so impressive. Um, but yeah, I like a lot of it, the whole movies are great. Uh, Turn to page three hundred ninety four. That's another good one mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Um, well, that I believe is it. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's thank it. you for sticking around. If you made it through this whole thing,
0: I know. Thank you guys. Uh, uh, thanks
1: a lot. Um,
0: be sure to be sure subscribe. To
1: subscribe. Rate. Yep. Uh, yeah. So. In the future, uh, Aquaman is coming out, I believe. Uh, we'll, well, this, is, have this, a few this is Saturday. We'll, well, Friday and Saturday, so it'll we'll be
0: coming out about two weeks. We'll kind of do something for uh, that. I've got a today. few more um, Harry Potter things coming out, too, so be aware for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've talked to Eric. Is Me and him are going to do Top 10 Favorite Chapters. Um, so that's going to kind of piggyback off of this, and then we're going to do one more uh, Harry Potter-related one, so that'll be good. Yeah. But yeah, we had a lot of stuff come out this week. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, a lot Game of, of Thrones, yeah. teaser. Trailers, trailer. a lot of
1: interesting trailers yep. came out. Uh, the Avengers trailer, that'd be definitely cool. We were, we were supposed to get a Spider-Man trailer, and it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, we'll they say. ended up delaying it. But um, yeah, so a lot of interesting stuff coming out. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing, uh, hosting quite a f- few more podcasts, um, just getting more content out yep. uh, that you guys can enjoy. So yeah, stay tuned to the
0: yeah. To the thank podcast. you guys. Well, thanks, Nathanael. I appreciate you sticking yeah. with yeah. us on this one. So, yep, yeah. but awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, oh, of course, you can find us on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Offscript Pod. Blower, uh, like Brendan said, make sure to just rate, review, and keep up with us. So thanks, guys. Take care.